Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Well, this morning, before we celebrate communion, we are going to celebrate communion in just a few moments. I want to make a few remarks that um, are, are relevant to how Exodus, we've been talking about Exodus. I want to make a few remarks this morning before we celebrate communion uh, about how relevant Exodus is in general and how the passage that we dealt with last week, um, how it uh, applies in particular to how uh, we're going to commemorate communion in just a, a few moments. You know, the Old Testament is filled with types and with shadows and um, with examples not to mention actual prophecies that are contained in the Old Testament. And all of these things um, are fulfilled in and they're fully expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. So the Old Testament is filled with types and shadows and examples that should point us to Jesus, Jesus Christ. So in that regard, Exodus is perhaps the most significant Old Testament book, at least in that regard, in the types and the shadows and the examples that it contains. Let me just play with this for a second and make sure. Sometimes it's the earpiece, I believe. I think it's my magnetic personality that messes this up. <laughs> One person appreciated that. So the book of Exodus is, is maybe um, the most significant Old Testament book when it comes uh, to those, because listen, not only does it contain the law, uh, which we'll talk about when we get there, not only does it contain the law from, from whose curse Jesus Christ has set us free, can you say amen, uh, but, but the book of Exodus also contains many of the um, ceremonies and many of the forms, many of the functions that were intended, all of them were intended to point us to Jesus Christ. To reveal Jesus Christ to us. In fact, this is how Paul explained it to the Colossians. He says to the Colossians, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or, and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are, listen, Paul says, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So he's saying, you know, all of the rules, the regulations, the ceremonies, the types and the shadows in the Old Testament, all of those are just a shadow. They're an example that point us to Jesus. But the substance is in Christ. So understand that Paul is not saying that those things are, are unimportant or that we, could, that we should ignore the Old Testament or ignore what we see in the Old Testament. Now, Paul is only saying that their greatest importance uh, the greatest importance of those things in the Old Testament is their capacity to reveal Jesus Christ to us and to help us to understand what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Because these things um, find their greatest fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And so that's why we're doing this series in the book of Exodus. Exodus is the foundation for the work of redemption that God is accomplishing for us through Jesus Christ. Exodus 
sets the structure for the story of salvation that is continued throughout the rest of the book, uh, uh, rest of the books of the Bible. Exodus introduces to us concepts about sin and about atonement that find their completion in Jesus Christ. And we'll, we'll see that very clearly in other parts of the book of Exodus. However, we've seen it already in the episode that we discussed last week or that we looked at last uh, week when Moses himself, if you remember, Moses himself was saved from the wrath of God by the blood of his firstborn son. Now, I don't think it's necessary to um, return and read, reread that passage again. I'm not going to go back into the details uh, of that passage. If, if you weren't here last week, you'd like to, you can listen to that message uh, on our website or on our church app. But what I do want to do for a few moments this morning is I want to emphasize three important things that we learn from that episode about atonement. Three, three important things that we learn from that story that apply to the atonement that we have through Jesus Christ. So, uh, number one, first thing that we learn from that story about the atonement is that we are all, we are all spiritually incapacitated by our own personal sin, and we are all unable to atone for ourselves. Sin has incapacitated us to the point that we are not able to extricate ourselves from sin because we cannot do it by ourselves. I discussed that last week, but remember during the episode uh, that we looked at last week, Moses was incapacitated. He was wrestling with God. God had uh, brought sickness upon him in some way to, to, to the extent that his life was in peril. His life was in danger. He was incapacitated, and the Bible says that he was about to die. And the point is, is that Moses was unable to save himself. Moses could not save himself, which is why Zipporah, his wife, had to intervene in the situation. Zipporah had to intervene. And that illustrates for us what is a very important spiritual principle about atonement and about salvation. And that is the Bible teaches that we are all sinners. Amen. We're all sinners because number one, we have all received that original sin. We've all been born. We're all born with a bent toward sin, that it's impossible for us not to sin because we are born as sinners. So not only are we born with that original sin, but how many knows we have, we have all confirmed that original sin through our own personal sin. It doesn't take us very long uh, to learn how to sin. <laughs> uh, I mean, when we're, when we're very young, uh, we, we learn how to sin. How many parents can say, amen, I've, I've raised a few sinners in my house. <laughs> we're, we're all sinners. Uh, so the reality is, is that we have all sinned and we are, we are all incapable of saving ourselves. Just like Moses in that situation, it was impossible for him to save himself. Um, he could not save himself. Our, our sin has, has not completely destroyed the image of God in our life. 
but our sin has sufficiently damaged it so that, number one, we are, we're all under the penalty of sin, and, and number two, we are all under the power of sin. In other words, each one of us, all of us, all of us are condemned to die, and uh, we are unable to do anything ourselves about that. We cannot change the condemnation that we are under because of our own personal sin. Just like Moses, we are incapacitated by our own sin, and we, we cannot do anything to save ourselves. We cannot do anything to change uh, our lives. The bottom line is, is that we need salvation, and we cannot save ourselves. We need a Savior. Can you say amen? We need a Savior. And that episode reveals that, that we're all sinners, and just like Moses, we cannot save ourselves. We need somebody that's going to intervene and that's going to save us. Number two, the second thing that that episode reveals to us about atonement is that blood is the only atoning sacrifice that balances the scales of God's justice and which satisfies his righteous wrath. Blood is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. Zipporah did intervene on behalf of Moses. She did what Moses was unable to do. If you remember, she circumcised her son, and then the Bible says she applied the blood to Moses. And it was, remember, it was the application of blood that seemed to satisfy God's wrath, and the Bible says that when she did that, God withdrew from Moses, and he allowed Moses to live. That is a, it's a basic illustration for us of how blood functions in the economy of God as the means of atonement and purification. How many knows nothing but the blood? Amen. Blood is the means of atonement in God's economy. And we will see that emphasis on blood um, more manifestly as we progress through the book of Exodus with its many rites and its, and its regulations. Uh, but the principle is clearly demonstrated in this one episode with Moses um, and the principle is this, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It takes the blood, the shedding of blood. Um, then number three, the third thing that that episode reveals to us about the atonement, that we can learn about the atonement, is that the sacrifice of the firstborn can be an efficacious atonement for the lives of of others. The sacrifice of the firstborn is an efficacious atonement for the lives of others. Now, efficacious is a big word. It's a fancy word, uh, isn't it? But it simply means, efficacious simply means effective as a means. A means that is effective in accomplishing something or doing something. And in this context, it means that the sacrifice of the firstborn, the sacrifice that was made by the firstborn um, can be an acceptable means of redeeming someone else. 
redeeming others. And again, we're going to return to this principle um, again in the book of Exodus. However, it's introduced here in this passage that we looked at last week uh, anyway. God told Moses, remember this? God told Moses, he said, go and tell Pharaoh this, Israel is my firstborn son, and if you do not let him go, then I'm going to kill your firstborn son. What, what God is declaring there and what God demonstrates later, but what God is declaring there is he's declaring the redemptive power of the firstborn. The redemptive power of the firstborn. And then, as if to emphasize that principle, Moses himself is saved from death by Zipporah's quick action to redeem whom we presume to be the firstborn son of Moses through the ritual rite of, of circumcision. It was the sacrifice that the firstborn son made, that blood sacrifice that saved Moses' life. Now that, that precedes what God will do in Egypt. And if you know the book of Exodus or anything about the book of Exodus, you're, you're already running there in your mind and you know about the firstborn, the importance of the firstborn. So, but this precedes what God will do in Egypt when he, delivers, when he delivers Israel by destroying the firstborn of the Egyptians. But more importantly, remember, as a type, it's a shadow. More importantly, it prefigures what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, who is, the Bible says, the firstborn of all creation. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of all creation, and it's, it's through his sacrifice that we might have atonement. It is through him that we are saved. It is his sacrifice that is sufficient to atone um, his, his sacrifice is sufficient to redeem all of those who come to him by faith because he is the only begotten of the Father. And the Bible says that God has exalted him to the highest place. Aren't you thankful that it is in Jesus Christ that we have our redemption? It is, it is his sinless sacrifice that was acceptable unto God. And it is his position of preeminence as the firstborn of all creation that makes that sacrifice available to all of us. In fact, the only thing that we have to do, the Bible says, is confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and we will be saved. Aren't you thankful for that? God has made that available to us. God is so good to us. And all of that is prefigured in the episode that we looked at last week. That we're all sinners incapable of saving ourselves incapacitated by the, power, the penalty and the power of sin. We need a Savior. And only the blood will atone. Only the blood will set us free and make us, uh, will save us. And we need a Savior. 
It's through the firstborn that God has made available to us, the salvation that we can have through Jesus Christ. And so with that understanding, with that concept in our mind, we're going we're gonna to proceed and we're going to celebrate communion this morning because communion is the perfect opportunity to commemorate what Jesus Christ has done for us by shedding his blood, giving his life for us so that we might have redemption and so that we might have salvation. As we celebrate communion, Exodus sets the stage for us. Exodus explains that we are all sinners, that we're all unable to save ourselves. Exodus explains to us that only the blood uh, can satisfy God's wrath. Only the blood uh, can save us. And Exodus explains that we need a Savior. Our only hope for salvation is in the sacrifice of the, first, of the firstborn. But I'm glad, aren't you? Exodus may set the stage, but it's Jesus that sets the table for us. And it's Jesus that says, this is my body. This is my blood. This is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you so that, so that you might have forgiveness for your sins, the redemption of, of your sins. Jesus says, you are my, you are my brothers. He is, he is our firstborn. <laughs> he is the firstborn. We are his brothers when we come to him and, our, and his sisters when we come to him by faith. Let me read for you very quickly what Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 11 says. Hopefully this will bless, this will bless your heart. For while we were still weak, remember unable to save ourselves, while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one will dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Aren't you thankful for what Jesus Christ did for us? His sacrifice has saved us and reconciles us to the Father. So would you take that piece of bread, would you hold it in your hand, and let's give God thanks for this bread. Father, we thank you for this bread that represents the body of Jesus Christ. We receive it with thanksgiving in our hearts, God. We receive it as nourishment for our soul. We receive it, God, saying thank you for mending every broken place in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you partake of the bread? And again, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. This represents, this cup represents the blood 
of Jesus Christ that was shed for us so that we might have forgiveness for our sins. Let's give God thanks for it. Father, we thank you for this cup that represents the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're thankful that we have not been redeemed by silver or gold, but we have been redeemed by the uh, incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we receive it this morning, we pray that you would wash us and cleanse us, Lord, that our hearts, our minds might be clean, and that, Lord, we might be holy yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you partake of the cup? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? Would you lift your hands to the Lord? And would you just express your thanksgiving to God? For Jesus Christ, the firstborn over all creation and what he has accomplished, what he has done for us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you have made available to us through Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son. We're thankful that all of those, whosoever will, come to him by faith, that, Lord, you are able to redeem them. You're able to save them and change them from their, from their old way and make them into a new creation through Jesus Christ and we thank you for it Lord hallelujah hallelujah praise the Lord now with your head bowed let me pronounce this blessing this benediction over you that comes from Revelation the book of Revelation chapter 1 verses 4 through 7 John wrote to the seven churches that are in Asia, and he said to them, Now, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of of kings on earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom priests to his God and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen behold behold he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Amen and amen. Would you say amen? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Now go and be the church. Tell others about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.